0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Sad. Hurt, hurt. Blitz is defined as a sudden savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation, man to man. No excuses are offered. Of None acceptable.
1: Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks
2: like a radio station.
1: Now, here are your hosts Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, Sombra. Matt Butler. I don't talk,
2: man. I back
1: it up. And we are song full of that, man. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. And that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. If you're gonna blitz, come strong, but don't come at all. Coming strong with another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24 7. I am Jeff Howe. It is a different week for us here on the show because we are back in our normal studio. We have not been in here since March, about the second week of March. Thank Beautiful. you to everybody at the Onion Creek Club for accommodating us for as long as you did. We greatly there. appreciate it. Yes. But, man, we had a scheduling conflict this week, which is why you're getting the show a day later than you otherwise would. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we just kicked around some texts. I asked one, uh, somebody in the building here, I was like, hey, what's what's preventing us from using the old studio again? And I'm like, you know what? You and Rod are already in the building because Rod and I have daily shows up here at the Austin mm-hmm. Radio Network compound. So I was like, hey, as long as. As long as it's just Matt and he's following the rules in and out, you guys are good. So thank you to everybody that's allowing us to be back nice. back home, guys. It feels like, uh, you know, everybody's got that couch, that chair in their house, and when you sit in it, you're like, know, ah, that's my chair. Yeah. That's my <laughs> spot. <laughs> kind of what the studio feels like. This is our spot, and this is... This is getting a good groove in here, right? My
2: girlfriend makes me change my spot. She says I wear down a certain area of the couch. got a butt groove. Yeah, so I got to change the spot, flip the cushions over all the time. She does not like me to stay in the same spot. See, we have the opposite Mm -hmm. problem
1: in my house. My wife has her spot, and I'm not allowed to sit in that spot. (laughs) It's my spot. You're going to ruin it.
0: So, you gotta ruin my
2: spot. <laughs> just move.
0: You need to uh, take a picture of your spot for the people so they can have a sort of uh, you know a visual image I'm a, of the spot. See
1: at home though, I'm a nomad. I'll'll <laughs> work. I'll work in the bed. I'll work in my office. I'll work on the couch. There's a
2: an accent chair, dining is room, weird.
1: dining room table. Yeah, I'm, I'm always That's over weird that
2: you'll go. Like, I, I'm always on the couch, pretty much in the, in the living room. And I'm, I'm in two spots.
0: I have a big chair couch that stares straight at the TV, and then my dining room table that I work at away yeah. from the TV. So I only the, have yeah. two
2: seats. I can actually picture yours because I've seen you work in there before. Yeah, <laughs> And I'm not ashamed
1: seats. to admit it. Have I filed a breaking news report from the bathroom before?
2: Yes, I have. <laughs> it was breaking. It's official. Yeah. If you wait till you finish, it ain't going to be breaking anymore. Yeah. <laughs> breaking news does not know the rules of life, Rod. <laughs> exactly.
1: Sometimes stuff happens. We no. that
2: shweeting. Shut my,
1: up and poop. <laughs> that's the urban dictionary. <laughs> there you have it. All right, well, let's move on with the show. Uh, let me bring in the rest of the team. He is the master of the soundboard. The drop machine really extraordinaire. Yes, he is legitimately behind this, back behind the soundboard this week. Nice. Matt yes. Butler.
0: We can actually start yeah. maybe playing with some drops too, but thanks for the intro, my man. How are you?
1: Wonderful. Uh, the only difference is Travis Crumb, the best damn videographer in the podcast game, will not be with us for the foreseeable future just because of the setup we have here. we to make keep
2: it seem everybody as safe as possible. We yeah. haven't kicked Travis off the show.
1: Yeah. Travis hasn't quit or anything like that, so those of you who enjoy the video format, it will be back at some point and we'll let you know when. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third member of our team, Dare I say, we saved the best for last. Our lockdown corner here on the show. Lifetime Longhorn, 2002 U.T. all America, 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award. Fourth round draft choice of the New York Giants back in 2003. Spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL. He was done with football, got himself back to Austin, Texas, in the 40 acres where he earned his degree. Whenever that T-ring comes in, we will make sure he wears it proudly. Nevertheless, he is a card-carrying member of DBU, and when you get that All-American honor recognized by the NCAA, they make sure you get one of those black cards. Number twenty-one in your program, number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers.
2: I get a lot of compliments about your intro. I want people to know it. I'm not. I didn't come up with the intro. I didn't have anything to do with it. That's Jeff's imagination, creativity, and delivery. So thanks for the intro as always. It's, people always say, "Man, it's a great intro you have on the Blitz." I'm like. I didn't. Is that my intro? That's what you pretty cool. Whenever you yeah. get
0: compliments, and it's totally disassociated. <laughs> I was like I didn't. Is
2: that my intro though? But, so, but it is my you. intro. But it's not. Uh, it's not my idea. It's was just like,
1: taking on a life of its own, yeah. and uh, it's just a tribute to uh, I my good friend it. every time Rod Babers. Never and goes it's a tribute To
0: '90s wrestling, and you knowing how to deliver a WWE promo. Also oh, true. That's that. That delivery is there. That cadence, Jean Oakland sing style. Song. Oh yeah, <laughs> you've learned from the greats. Uh,
1: so let's uh where do you guys want to start with the show oh, this man. week? Dude. There's a number. I know. I think,
0: <laughs> well, there's so much stuff.
1: There's going so on. much it's stuff. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I, mean, think the, I think the, I think the COVID-19 conversation, if there is such a thing as the easier conversation to have, because we're just dealing with numbers. <laughs> the so, pandemic,
2: yes. a hundred year pandemic is easier to talk it's, about uh, than the other issues. Let, let me on. rephrase it. It's less it, nu- it no, true. nuanced. It is No, I agree with you. It's less nuanced. I'm agreeing with you. I wasn't making fun of you. I agree with you. It's
1: less nuanced. So, We're recording this on Thursday. And this morning, uh, Texas just released some new numbers. So uh, for football student-athletes, and again, you've brought these guys back in segments. Mm -hmm. The first segment of guys started uh, voluntary workouts on campus this week. Uh, The next segment, those are guys that have been onboarded this week. They will start voluntary workouts next week. Thirteen total football student-athletes have confirmed uh, positive Mm COVID-19 PCR test results or are presumed positive. Uh, that coming from –
2: Student-athletes, uh, not just football, right?
1: Uh, this is a, this is just football student-athletes. That's uh, a big number. That's a so, big number. And that's number. coming from uh, – <laughs> I thought that, that was like all oh, student-athletes. That's <laughs> coming from Alan Harden, who is the Executive Senior Associate Ooh. Athletics Director for Sports Medicine and Performance. Uh, all 13 are self-isolating, which mm. uh, anybody who's followed the pandemic knows self-isolation, it's pretty – it can be pretty – uh Yeah. Pretty pretty tough on 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 your mental health um, mm-hmm. because you yeah. really are isolated from everybody uh, through contact tracing. Ten more football student athletes are in self quarantine, which those rules are a little more relaxed. Uh, all of whom are asymptomatic at this time. Again, this is according to UT. I'm reading off the press release verbatim. In addition, Texas has identified four football student athletes who have tested positive for the COVID nineteen antibody. So, and the Hello,
2: antibody how many for the antibodies? Four. So, so, 17. Four, four additional for sure.
0: ones that have, okay, yeah, test for the answer, but it had it. At one and point. I mean, you talk about those type okay. of numbers because then the 10 in self isolation, now it's the first thir- of all,
1: 13 and 13 in self isolation, 10 in self quarantine.
0: Self quarantine, gotcha. Right. So, and when you're talking about wow. 13 having it now, now hopefully everybody continues either to be asymptomatic or comes out better on the other end, but on the selfish football side, that's where you're like, well, If you have it now, you may not be likely to get it again. So if there is good timing, I guess it's now, but it's horrible to think of those numbers because if you're talking about 17 of the players, you know, we had seen reports from Arkansas State with 7 is a lot or Alabama's 5 of 50 was a lot. This just is a good way to sort of gauge how many people, you know, if you're going out into public, you could have that actually are those asymptomatic carriers.
1: Rod, you can – Correct me if I'm wrong, fill in the blanks, however you want to look at it. But this is just the folks I've talked to and just and trying to report this stuff, trying to piece yeah. it together. This is what I've gathered and taking what Tom Herman and Chris Locante have said publicly. Mm-hmm. They knew bringing guys back to campus, they were going to have positive tests. That is yeah. not a shock to anybody. No, and I don't know what they had in their minds as the threshold. Okay, if it gets to X number, then we got a problem. We, we've got a problem. We right, reevaluate. To me, the thing that they're still trying to wrap their arms around is how do you prevent the spread? Number one, that's kind of the umbrella, mm-hmm. but. In terms of the contact tracing, how far back do you go? Uh, How far does that spread? Then isolating
2: Uh, those players.
1: Right. And then where do you quarantine them? And I know one question that came up from, and again, this is just kind of sourced information. uh, One of the players who who had to go into self-quarantine was asked, well, can I go back home and do it? And at the time the answer was, well, Oh, we don't know if that's good or not. If you can go back home, or you have to stay in Austin, or or what. That's a great so, those... it's hard to
0: self quarantine or isolate on campus in comparison. If you're going to get meals and things like right.
1: That. So that's I mean, the kind of stuff, really.
2: The positive you know, test logistics are that, the nightmare. Yes. exactly. All the, in theory, all this stuff is like, oh yeah, do this, quarantine for 14 days, isolate them, then, for then. You forget about do the this. 14 Contrace days, trace it back here, do this, and then oh yeah, they asymptomatic and all that. And it's like okay, we have all this. Data, all this information. And in theory, yes, all that makes sense. But as we've learned now, logistically trying to do everything that Dr. Fauci's telling us doing all that kind of stuff, it, it's really tough day to day. It's not easy. Oh, it's not yeah. easy to wear your mask in all the common areas all the time. And it is, it is tough. So logistically, I just think that's where even Tom Herman talks about it and he seemed exhausted on that call yeah. talking about his day basically now is probably more devoted to logistically trying to deal with the COVID-19 and how it affects the players and even talking about game planning and all that kind of stuff. You got Cause this is the, this is the first necessity is to make sure the safety of the players is taken care of. Then we can talk football. Now the safety, I mean, you know what I mean? Like now that is such a priority. I think it's taking up a lot more of everybody's time I asked Tom and Herb,
1: resources. I asked Tom Herman on the zoom call, as I was asking him about some scholarship numbers and kind of where they're at and a couple other things. And he starts answering the question. He goes, honestly, he's like, I could probably tell you more right now about COVID nineteen mortality rates than I could where right? we're at for the <laughs> 85 scholarships. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's just true. He's yeah. got to he's got to get up on those numbers. And it's yeah, man, it's crazy. So I so can are they man can they so they can't isolate them in a place on campus? They don't have that figured out already. I, I'll be honest, where they I, isolate I, them on I, campus. I, I'll
1: be honest, I, I think they're still trying to figure all that stuff out because. <sighs> You know, that beginning
2: voluntary
0: they, mode. We aren't even yeah. at the implementation of when we get into rigid, like say fall no, practice and I'll things admit like that. That's yeah, a whole nother level. I'll at admit that point. to the
1: listening audience, I, I'm out of my depth when I'm talking about world health issues. I it's think not we all my, are. Wheelhouse, my yeah. wheelhouse, but you know, it seems Rod like the coaches, administrators, everybody that's trying to figure this stuff out they're trying to figure out what information do you trust and what information do you not trust and what's going to go off of and what's not. And with a novel virus, it seems like that information changes daily. There's no cases.
2: question about Even Dr. Fauci at times has said things, you know, earlier on when we were dealing with the virus, and he is the foremost expert and then has not, not completely, you know, flip-flopped, but, Has really changed his tune. I think the data's coming in day by day. So for something that was unknown to us, I think all that's changing. And let's be honest, it's also been politicized. And depending on what news source you're watching, you get a different take on it. And you know there's a reason right now our mayor in Austin, you know, he wants to make mass mandatory and he's he's asking mm-hmm. to pull back August on 15th. And He's asking to pull back on, you know, some of the the openings, the reopenings and our governor is saying, you know, we're in phase 3 of reopening and I think uh, Mayor Adler says we're in Phase four of at being at risk. Yeah, so i like, so we're in phase four of risk, the risk level, but we're in phase three of reopening. So it's a cognitive immunity right now. If you're just a citizen, it's tough. So I imagine it's even tougher for the decision makers. Because when I heard that, you know, because I
1: full disclosure, I live in Hayes County, but obviously I work in yeah. Travis County. I had to go look um Okay, stage four, bad or good? Like, <laughs> uh, I've got to look. I'm looking at charts and bar graphs. Yeah. like, we're
0: back to April.
2: Yeah, no, it is. It's, it's like a, I
1: mean, really, like it's kind of like after nine eleven when we had to get used to like the terror threat level, and it's like okay. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, I remember that. What what is yeah. good? Orange, what is bad? It yeah, bad. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's orange today. Oh
2: my goodness, that's terrible. What's
1: the death really line? like? You're yeah, you're really. It's, it's really just familiarizing yourself with all this stuff, yeah. like. People just saying it like frivolous, like oh we're in stage four. I'm like, well, I don't know what that means. I got to show us. Where's my chart? Show me my chart. <laughs> I don't
2: even know how many stages or phases there are. Is there
1: I'm, a like stage Ma- or phase? I'm like Matt in the middle of football <laughs> season. Like I need my color coded chart. Like <laughs> yeah, make, yeah Laminate that thing and make it easy for me to get follow. Andy Reid out here to color coded. <laughs> you know, the numbers are are what they are. There's yeah. really, I mean, you really can't expound on it much more than mm-hmm. just reporting the numbers. So. We'll see what happens, I, but I, you know, I think the thing people don't need to lose sight of. Right, I don't think you should look at the numbers and just automatically say, "Well, we're not playing football; it's not happening." Like, no, I think that's the the part that everybody's still trying to to figure out is what all this means, and yeah. then you know, guys, once you recover from the virus, are there long term effects of that and, mm-hmm. and everything else? So it's just it's something that we're just all going to have to kind of yeah just hold on to the bull and, and ride it for a little bit. And as uncomfortable as it might be, we'll, you know, it'll stop at some point and we'll be able to figure out where we're at.
2: Yeah. No, it's yeah. going to be, it's going to be something that we have to learn, which we are learning to live with. So I, the leagues are, there are leagues that are successfully doing it around the world that are actually playing football. American football is different. We've seen soccer, seen baseball, the Korean baseball. We've seen the Bundesliga uh playing soccer and we've even seen you know I, I think even i don't know if we've seen basketball though no basketball no. stopped and basketball they tried to get it going at the, the chinese basketball association but it didn't work out for them so we haven't seen basketball we haven't seen american football i do wonder we saw rugby actually new zealand mm-hmm. uh, had rugby well new playing. zealand's been great it's been style. unbelievable yeah. oh god and that's yeah. what the issue is <laughs> it's
0: not necessarily the sport it's the country in which that sport's going on and how that country's dealt. And unfortunately, just looking at the numbers, America's been – by far one of the worst in dealing with it and being able to keep the numbers down or get to get down below that plateau where when you look at those other countries that have played those sports they've actually on a way down if you look where america is right now not necessarily on the way down you could say that first wave isn't over which is why it's just so uncertain and you brought it up perfectly this is something that is in its infancy it was evolved out of nowhere so the data Mm -hmm you can base it off of data but you got to know that every data is a small sample size mm-hmm. of something to where you can start tying these little micro entities together but we still don't even have enough time we're barely enough to have a macro like I finally saw a worldwide study on the macro level of just like masks and what would be if you wear right. it or don't and it's like 3.1 percent if you're wear- everyone wearing a mask and the ability to transmit compared to without it It's like 17.4%. So you're Mm -hmm. talking five to six difference, and that's sort of where the confusion's been in America for a long time. Yeah.
1: Matt, you done any daily fantasy for Korean Baseball League yet? No, I did uh,
0: actually one day and doubled up some money on it. But I just was, I stayed up till 4:30 trying to find. I was like, you don't even know who's starting. They had games getting rained out. It was just taking on way too much. So I was like, yep, I think the NBA is coming back sometime soon. So I hopped off after day one of Korean baseball.
1: I'm impressed that you gave it. That you gave it the old college try for oh, a day, yeah. though.
0: Had a couple of those guys. If you followed, like, say, college baseball, you know a few of the like guys that didn't that flaked out like as a fifth starter they're yeah. over there pitching a couple guys hitting it, it was semi entertaining but not nearly the same
1: so let's go ahead and talk about uh social issues on the 40 uh with the COVID talk you know like I said I don't know what else we can do other than just give you the numbers and try to process what it means uh Rod, I'll I'll start with you on this uh because I, I'll be honest and this is just how I feel personally Um, when you look at the two-page letter that went out, we haven't Mm -hmm. talked about this on the show yet uh, because all this happened. We recorded, we published the show, and then all this happened on Friday. (laughs) So we haven't had a chance to talk Mm -hmm. about this. And even, you know, if you look at our Horns 24-7 family, a podcast, even when Chip and Taylor recorded the flagship, a lot has changed since Mm -hmm. they recorded that show moving into now as we're recording toward the end of the week. I say all that to say this. Let's start with that two-page letter. And... There were a lot of requests that student-athletes had in that two-page letter. Yep. But the one that got everybody riled up was the eyes (laughs) of Texas. Doing away with it, requiring athletes to not sing it. And I'll be 100% honest, and this is how I feel about it. I don't feel like I'm in an authoritative position to give a yes or no answer on that because I did not go to Texas. I was not a student-athlete at Texas. So I feel like I don't have a dog in the fight just purely from the standpoint of, yes, I have a dog in the fight against I up speaking out against racism that's a human rights issue that's not a political mm-hmm. issue or if uh, you're affiliated with anybody else it's just a human it's just yeah. your your responsibility as a human being to condemn racism i don't think that's asking too much uh, but rod the eyes of texas issue specifically again i did not go to texas i was not a student athlete of texas you played at texas you have a degree from the university of texas you l- love your alma mater yep i'll let you have the floor on this one and i i don't know where you stand on it if you've had a chance to process everything, form an opinion, if you've done research. As we sit here today as we record this show, where are you on the issue of the Eyes of Texas, should it stay or should it go?
2: Um if man, I, like you said, it's not a black and white issue. I think it's a there are lots of subtle subtleties of gray, a lot of nuance there in the discussion. I I think the 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 reason the guys put it on their their, their list of items that they would like the, the university to help them address. The reason they put it where they did, I think, was smart. They put it at the bottom of the list. All right, They put a ton right before that. And mm-hmm. honestly, everything that they requested the, the university to look into before that was probably stuff that was long overdue. Yeah. You know what I mean? the Confederate. <laughs> stuff the that you, like, and, if you're from Austin, you yeah, know Robert right. E. Lee is not called yeah, that road right.
0: anymore next to Barton Springs. It's A.Z. Morton. This has happened for years exactly. in, in the city. And it's so, happening all over the country. So, exactly. So
2: that that stuff, it was just smart the way they did it. I don't know who helped them set it up, but I think it was smart, smart of them to... You know, the way you looked, the way you digested it the first time was like, oh, that's reasonable. This is very reasonable. You know what? These young men, I like what they're doing. And then you hit the last one and you go, oh, oh. And I think in terms of negotiation, which this has become, and it was going to be a negotiation anyway. You know, if you want to get 90% of what you asked for on that list, basically all you have to do now is cave on the eyes of Texas. You know what I mean? Like that, because that that is the one thing that the university does not want to happen. And I know that CEC's probably already told the guys that, you know, they can, you know, they have the choice to stand for the eyes of Texas. And I don't, I don't ever think it was mandatory. It just was assumed to be mandatory. Like voluntary. Workouts. Yeah. I mean, I stood for the eyes of Texas. I knew the history of it. I did a poll on my, uh, on my Twitter account, and I think, I don't know, 1,600 people or something voted. 92% of them said they had no idea about the past of the eyes of Texas. No idea at all. Mm-hmm. So part of this was about educating people and enlightening people about a song that much like the National Anthem, that when it means something different to them than it means to you mm-hmm. because of the history of it. Same thing with the National Anthem. Go yep. read the third verse of the National Anthem. Mm-hmm. All right? Go read it. I'm not going to be crass and read it. Here, but they talk about... You know, go, going after slaves and essentially killing slaves. Yep. And I, that, And by the way, it's still the third verse. Yep. The United States has not disallowed uh, Francis Scott Key's verse. They have not disallowed that verse. That is still the verse in there where they talk about going after black people. I can find it for you later and read it in my phone. My my point is, that's the reason that national anthem has been, you know, it's been protested. There, there is a black national anthem it's mm-hmm. called Lift Every Voice and Sing. The reason there is a black national anthem is because the NAACP got together and they petitioned the United States again in 2017 to get rid of that verse or to change the national anthem. Mm-hmm. And they refused to. Now, all we sing is the first verse, so nobody cares about that third verse. My point being this everybody's figured out now Colin Kaepernick's stance, which essentially the symbolism of it, the, the national anthem means something different to me mm-hmm. because of the history of it and the history of the country. And it was about trying to enlighten people so that now, four years later, we're starting to figure out, oh, you know what? It's not about what it means to me. To Mm -hmm. me, it does mean something different. But to him, it can mean something different to them. And I think the eyes of Texas should be seen through the same prism. Mm -hmm. That eyes of Texas, yes, it is a beautiful moment. My girlfriend talked about, she was like, I think it's one of the greatest things that I've ever seen. She said, I love when everybody sings the eyes of Texas together and the athletes also sing it. She said, it gives me chills. She said, I love it. And I do. I love singing. I, Even knowing the history of it, I still sung it because I know that the white man next to me is, doesn't have that in his heart when he's singing the Eyes of Texas. He's singing it for the same reason I do, because they love the University of Texas and they think about it with pride. But I knew the history of it. I, I, I had long known about it. I had an African-American studies teacher at UT that taught me the history of the Eyes of Texas. And we'll get into the history of it later, but the whole point is— for these young men who know the history of it, it means something different to them when they're singing it. And some of them may be so offended they don't want to sing it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And you know what? Just like some people are so offended they don't want to stand for the national anthem. You know, in a free country, you should be allowed to do that. Yep. And then, it'll, and know what it'll do? It'll raise concern. There will be another American that goes, I wonder why he doesn't want to stand for the national anthem. I love it. Why doesn't he love it as much as I do? And then we will start a, a meaningful dialogue and a discussion. On the 40 Acres right now, we are having there. Hundreds of thousands of Longhorn fans in their homes right now, or at least they did over the weekend, who had a discussion about the roots of the eyes of Texas. And they had a meaningful discussion about race. And they talked about it. And it was like, man, I didn't know that. Huh, that's interesting. I wonder what these young men are feeling. And I wonder if it's something that we should think about getting rid of. And they at least were entertaining the conversation and there was discourse going on. That was the point of what they did. So to me, it was already a success. Because ninety two percent of the most one of the most educated fan bases in this country were just ignorant about it. it had just no didn't know. Had no idea. And I always say, just because listen, all racists out there are ignorant, but just because somebody says or does something ignorant doesn't make them a racist. Exactly. And there are a lot of Longhorn fans, they were just ignorant to it. Like I didn't know about it. Yeah. Now we'll have discussion about, okay, so should the long should the Longhorns uh, athletes have the choice, of course they should have the choice whether they want to stand for the eyes of Texas or whether they want, I don't know if they're going to give them choice to go into the locker room or whatever. I would, I would if I was CDC, I would tell the young man listen, I know that you got to acknowledge the history of it. Yes, it was racist and we can go over the details of it later. But in, a, in this compromise, because I want everybody to stand for the eyes of Texas. I do. I, I do. I, I do. And I, I think the way you pitch it to the young man is listen, we know the history of it. It's racist. There's no question about it. There is no doubt about it. But we want to show that the future of the eyes of Texas is inclusion and it is for equality. And how do we do that where it satisfies, you know I mean, the, the, those who, who are offended by it? How, how do we do that? I think they, they want Julius Whittier to be recognized. And he should. a part of that statement. the first African-American football player in Texas um, to, 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 to letter. There were some before him, but they weren't good enough to make the varsity team. He should be recognized somewhere. Name a part of that stadium inside that stadium. I'm talking about the stands. And wherever that's where the band should go. Because the band is where we sing the Eyes of Texas. And you should mark those seats some way in the Julius Whittier section or whatever it is where the band is. Mm-hmm. And it should be some way to memorialize it. Really cool. They're building the stadium now so they can do it wherever. And then that's where we sing the Eyes of Texas and we sing it to it, it's the way I would pitch it. And we sing it to honor Julius Whittier and we and we sing it to honor inclusion and equality, what he stood for. So that's how I would pitch it. How about we do that? And in, any other way you guys want to honor Julius Whittier, but I the symbolism of in that stadium when we sing the eyes of Texas, if we can do it, now recognizing not only the roots of the song, but also recognizing Julius Whittier, who came, talk about something that was long overdue, 1970, mm-hmm. first African-American player to, to letter uh, in football at Texas. I think it'd be the, a, a nice compromise because they're not going to get rid of the song. We know that. Uh, they started the conversation and the dialogue, and I think now you could potentially get the compromise And maybe that would be a really nice compromise.
0: And that's why, like, when you brought it up, it being at the bottom of the list, it was something that everything was so obvious that everything else needed to change. This was the one that brought the attention, as you pointed out. And that's the main thing here when we're talking about just inequalities or stuff. And a lot of the time people had never listened. Well, this was a great poll that you put up, and it was a Mm -hmm. perfect example of Educational purposes it quickly got the conversation going and now everybody isn't going to be just blindly ignorant to something that you know now you can interpret what you feel and what Mm -hmm. words mean and what they and then that's when a society can become societal or a place of higher learning can talk these things out and decide upon What's right. And like you said, we can go over the specifics, say, of the song or who is to be inclined to talk about possibly changing certain parts Mm -hmm. of the song, because, I mean, if we're going to act like it's some holier than thou cannot be changed, this song is the song. It's how it is. I hear fans interject, make them eat blank or do whatever during school songs they all the time. They do. So there's an they easy do. way that you can amend things. It's why the Constitution isn't just the Constitution. You can add amendments in and do things to make it better for the modern society. And that's probably the conversations that we're hearing or having on the that's 40 true. acres.
2: That'll be tough though because Oh, it'll be tough. The things that are inherently supposed to be offensive about the song are racially insensitive. Number one, two, the, it's it's sung to the tune of I've Been Working on the Railroad. Exactly. Which has the roots in the Levee song. If you don't know about the Levy song, go look it up, L-E-V-E-E, I mm-hmm. believe. The Levy song, which has the N-word in it and has uh, local uh, terms at the time that were considered racist about black people. Um, and I've Been Working on the Railroad is a, I mean, it's kind of a, Very insensitive song. You can change the musical story, Uh, but it's different. So you got to change that. And then The Eyes of Texas Are Upon You. Remember that is formerly a a famous Robert E. Lee quote where he would say, you know, the eyes of the South are upon you, the eyes of. And then uh, William Prather, the former Texas president, would take it and he used it and said the eyes of originally the eyes of the South are upon you. Mm -hmm. But then he took it and said the eyes of Texas are upon you. And he started using it. And that was his thing. And I don't. And he he was a he was a big fan of Robert E. Lee. Uh, he went to William and Lee University, which was named for Robert E. Lee.
0: Yep. So oh, sorry, TV.
2: Washington and Lee University, which was named for George Washington. And Robert E. Lee. So he was a big fan. And by the way, back then, a lot of people were big fans of Robert E. Lee. Yes. Okay? All right, so, All right. that, so if you're going to change the song, you're talking about changing The Eyes of Texas Are Upon You, because yep. some people are offended by that. And you're talking about changing the tune of it, because mm-hmm. as I've been working on the Railroad and the Levee song, and then you're talking about changing the history of it, which you cannot. Yeah, that it, the, the first motivated. time that it appeared was at a minstrel show, and if right. you don't think minstrel shows are racist, then I don't know what mm-hmm. to tell you, because it is a genre of entertainment exactly. that was made, and, and it was Built on making fun of black people belittling and demeaning black people in black culture. So that you know, there's a lot of things that are considered offensive about the song in terms of changing it, you basically had to change the whole damn thing.
0: Agreed. And that's why I'm suggesting we put it out there. You because could. they're the, that if they're that. Angel many mama's things... mama's gone, so you could. And if they <laughs> and it's worth pointing out because and they're talking about four different things. And if you're going to be just so steadfast on staying on it, you got to understand that there's going to be a lot of people that don't agree with it, and that's where, no, I agree. And that's where we'll be between They're not the gonna players. There's it.
2: too many donors right now. He's got too much money already on that university building stuff. There are a lot of donors that that, they're not racist, by the way, but they just will be offended by you changing. We know we got a lot of traditions around here. Hey, you can't even talk about changing the uniforms without people losing their (laughs) damn minds. So you talk about getting rid of that song. I would say 40 percent of your donor base would dry up immediately. And I know that sounds crazy, but it would. And just why things settle and then you're going to have projects over there on the 40 acres that you can't pay for that yep. CDC is not going to do. It's just a bad business move. By, and I'm not saying it wouldn't be the right thing to do, but he ain't going to do that. Same reason Colin Kaepernick's not playing in the league is the same reason they're not getting rid of that song. So I
1: just want to read this. This is from uh, our insider piece at Horns 24-7. Uh, formerly guys of Texas, we've actually, we're just now calling it the insider that drops every Thursday with all of our VIP. Uh, oh, and nuggets. Yeah. Wow. We decided to There you with go. The staff, who made <laughs> the decision to okay. go ahead and change it. Um, so, this is, and this is the staff piece. So, this is all revolving around the Wednesday night meeting between the Texas players, mm. uh, Jay Hartzell, the interim president, yep. and Chris Del Conte. And so, this is in reference to the two page letter that everybody's seen by now. Uh, Del Conte responded to the letter last Friday by saying on his social media he'd welcome, quote, meaningful conversations regarding any concerns our student athletes have. Those conversations started on Wednesday when Del Conte and Hartzell met in person with the football team. Hartzell, the former dean of the Macomb School of Business, has been on the job all of two and a half weeks <laughs> since Greg Fenvis left. In those two and a half weeks, mm-hmm. Hartzell has inherited a global pandemic, tanking <laughs> economy, uh, and social unrest on his own campus that took a sharp turn last Friday. So,
0: and then now welcome to the job. <laughs> and then 17 kids now are either asymptomatic oh. or yeah. Padded. So
1: according to a handful of sources who were in the meeting, this was the Wednesday night meeting. Del Conte and Hartzell told the football team uh, that Longhorn student-athletes would no longer be required to sing the Eyes of Texas as a part of the long-standing post-game tradition. When Del Conte was pressed about retiring the Eyes of Texas or replacing the song, sources said Del Conte indicated the school was currently involved in, quote, three storms, social unrest, the COVID-19 pandemic, and mm. a depressed economy. Sources said Del Conte indicated retiring the eyes, as it's known in Longhorn Circles, would add financial distress to the university, which you just talked about, Rod, in the form of donors cutting off contributions. Del Conte is currently in the midst of more than $300 million (laughs) in facility upgrades, including a $200 million renovation to the south end of Royal Memorial Stadium, and has been raising money like Mm. crazy to pay for it all but a source in the meeting said Del Conte apologized to the players on the football team for not doing a good enough job of earning their trust so they could have come to him before posting their demands directly on social media he vowed Mm -hmm. to do a better job of earning their trust Mm -hmm. as they move forward in future conversations about making the UT campus more inclusive
2: you know what scares me in that statement a couple of things they didn't tell Tom Herman about the statement I think out of a, a respect thing usually if you if 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 you're if Tom Herman and that locker room are as close as you would like it to be, ideally you would like to, them to give you a heads up. Coach is going out. Cool. Yep. I've 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 endorsed you for to use your platform. I'm the one that's telling you, use your platform. I'm the one going on TV saying I got your front and your back. I'm your do- I'm your boy. I'm your dog. I'm I'm this with you, and nobody gave me a heads up. That ain't a good sign. I'm just gonna tell you right now. As a guy will be in the locker room, because and I know it's a different generation. That shit, you know what I mean? Because it, it's gonna be a hailstorm raining down. You know the hailstorm's coming. That's the whole point is to is to raise up the hailstorm, and yet, man, for the folks that's got it coming, you should hit them up and let them know.
0: Just to be clear, though, did they say that they didn't go to Herman, or just that Herman? Nobody didn't tell, on the
2: staff. Well, okay, because everything I've heard was is Delonte. The, the
0: staff didn't know. Staff didn't the, know
2: at all, yeah. well, dude. I, yeah, I'm just saying. Usually, a leader should be have a, a direct pipeline to the coach and go. Coach, it's happening.
1: Can I play devil's advocate just you real could. quick on the Not necessarily devil's advocate. Just off of this point, could it have been that the student athletes were following the lead of the student senate? And once student senate put put it out there, they're basically saying, "Okay, we're just we're co-signing."
0: And this. after Herman marched with them, at least to like that, maybe as if he has already empowered them to speak.
2: I'm just saying, no, Listen, no, he got, they got no obligation to tell their coach, of course. They got to do what they want to do. They're grown men, they're college students. Yeah, I support in, what they did, and I, I agree with everything they're saying, but it's the lock, man. It, it ain't it, like this. The closeness it, of it, the it, locker let me, let me give you an example. Okay. Because right now, CDC is probably going to go with the route of, alright, if you don't want to stand for the eyes of Texas, you ain't got to. So what are they going to do instead of stand Are they going to go into the locker room, or are they going to take a knee like Colin Kaepernick? Now, Think about this. If they do, how many do it? If you're Sam Ellinger, which route do you go? Who are you going to choose? You're Tom Herman. If half your team goes into the locker room during the eyes of Texas, what are you going to do? My point is this. If I'm a leader in that locker room, I'm thinking about these things and going, okay, guys, okay, guys, we got to make sure this thing don't divide us. Mm-hmm. We got to be more united as a front on these things and what we're going to do because I'm telling you, when, and CDC's going that route already. He's got no choice. He's got to go that route, right? It's a, it's a, it's a democracy. Damn it. You, you know, we, we ain't fascists. We going to make you do something. But when you do that, and you're going to have people, and I don't know how many people will be in the stands, <laughs> but either way, it'll be a big issue. And around the country, even the New York Times and everybody else who picked up that story, they're going to want to know what happens during the eyes of Texas mm-hmm. after that first game, second game, third game, whatever. So I'm telling you, If I'm I'm just I'm telling you as a guy who has been in the locker room and been a leader and thought about issues and went, yeah, this could divide us pretty easy, Mm -hmm. pretty easy. And and honestly, not not intentional. Just what your two your two most vocal leaders, Tom Herman and Sam Ellinger, what do they do if half the team goes into the locker room for the eyes of Texas? Who do you choose? Half your leaders go in there. Half your old lines in there. What do you do?
0: Yeah.
2: What do you do? And if y'all not communicating right now about those things, then that conversation ain't being had. Cause my point is, if I'm Tom Harmon, I'm a little disappointed. Like you could, I'm not gonna stop you. I have encouraged you. Do it. Do it. Tell tell the truth. Speak your mind. Speak your soul. Do it, man. It's good for you. It's good for us. Can you get a can you get, can I get a heads up? Yeah, and, and <laughs> can I get can I get a text that says, Coach, we are gonna send this out. Boom. Done. Agreed. And that and ain't no Tom Harmon. We don't even need his opinion on it. But don't you think? If they were, if they, if they're locked still. If they all are together, there's unanimity that a text goes to coach.
0: Yeah, and I think you're spot on with that. When you're talking that's all I'm saying. That's what del conte did say was that you know he wished he had that close exactly. relationship. and that's what i'm saying that i think I, that just, a just guy like him Herman, have that closest he sort of learned i guess Does he that, have that closeness. no Based, i don't d- think so that's on what this, I'm,
2: I'm gonna say no because this is the thing that's it's deeper than football right yeah. we're talking again to the humanity of people we're talking about hearts minds souls connecting all right about a deep issue exactly Can't just hit your coach up and I, maybe I'm making too much of it. Well, no, and all I'm saying is he's that. He's been in a fight with you, though. Why not inform him?
0: It's quite telling that no, a, maybe they aren't. Point, you aren't at that same relationship to where I'm agreeing with you that if you aren't going to that guy as if he's, a, say, a peer that you're talking about these things to, because it sounds like the kids are doing. And it was the same reason why I would defend a guy like Chuba, is whenever he went out and put his statement out because of the fact that you used to have to go through. coach in the normal system especially just with the college athletes and college athletes never felt as if they even had a platform or the power to speak out on anything, and it always had to be routed, which normally was routed through the big university and the coaches, and it would become out a different version necessarily of what the original players. Players now realize, I have these followers. Not only will we be able to monetize these things next year because I have a platform in those things, we have this area that we can reach all of these people. The NCAAs have granted them the idea so in their minds they know that we actually can reach and get to people and I just think that this generation is very proud to do that and like you were saying, if Tom Herman was in the room with them or was seen more as a peer, he maybe had been within that conversation and he wasn't so maybe he isn't as close as it appears with this team but we don't even exactly know. know.
1: Rod, right throwing it out there what you bring up is interesting from this standpoint if you're in that locker room i agree with you a thousand percent on on, on this part of it not to say i disagree with you on any of yeah. them this is of, of, every, yeah. of everything you said this is the one that's sticking with me right now whatever those guys decide to do whether guys are going to kneel go to the locker room whatever. stand whatever everybody needs to be on the same page of okay no surprises when we get out there. Exactly. This is what we're doing. This is how we're handling it. Yeah. These guys are going to go to the locker room and we're cool with it. Because, Rod, I, th- I think people need to understand the dynamics here. Like, I, as I said at the top, I don't think it's a political issue or anything like that if no. we want to denounce racism. Like, as a human being, you should not be cool with racism. Period. But, Rod, once you get into the minutia of all of this, especially mm-hmm. something like the eyes. Like you said, it invokes different emotions in guys and guys of different colors, guys from different socioeconomic backgrounds. Not everybody in that locker room, as you know, leans the same way on the political spectrum. No question. So you've got but I say that to say this. You've got to make sure if you're a white player in that locker room, you better make your intentions known because you can't have it being like, well, I've decided I'm going to stand. Well, are you a racist? Because you know that's where that conversation
2: would go. If the com- Yeah, you can't allow it to go that way, and I agree with you. Exactly. That's, a, that's a danger zone, right? Right. So I'm saying my point is this, and, and, and I probably w- just wanted to rant and should have got to this initial point. I hope they're communicating better because in- this indicates that they're not. Right. Yes. As a to- as a team, as a as a group, as a unit. It seems to me like that's like they, they did their thing, that's fine, but you see how easily the conversation can be hijacked? Mm-hmm. And just rant. so if you're not communicating, do you know who's going? Do you know who's going into the locker room or who's going to kneel during the eyes of Texas? Do you know who's going to do it and how many players? And are y'all cool with that? Or are you gonna stand next to them if you are like Nate Boyer did with Colin Kaepernick and say, "Hey, I'm gonna stand for it, but I'm gonna stand right next to you, brother with my with my with one arm on your shoulder, so that everybody know I'm with you." You know what I mean? Like what mm-hmm. how, what's the sh- what are we gonna do? Yeah. Let's come up with a damn plan. Let's all be on the same damn page. That's all I'm saying as a guy. If I was in the locker room, that's right. what I'd be preaching right now. Let's get on this damn page so we're a family. We're damn family. We're going to talk it out, and we all going to be a family. Let's figure out what we're going to do. And you
0: saying family right there is good because out of all the programs that I've seen and observed across the whole nation, it seems as if Texas sort of is the closest of them all. Like, we don't have Rife with from within. You had Tom Herman, like, I agree. with the players and talking, and, like, we had the voices getting out to where this has been issues on other campuses for other reasons. Texas is getting the eyeballs because they're the one collegiate one doing more than any other college is doing, and it seems as if the coach is totally down for it now. Might not have known all the details about it, but it's also we still have a lot of time before something like the eyes, and thank God we no, do we the didn't. eyes after a game. If you're doing eyes before kickoff, like you're kneeling before, it'd be different. You do eyes after the game, at least you may, we don't know. That'll be the most anticipated post game we could ever see.
2: So I'm, sorry, I'm just saying, have a plan. Yeah. I'm going to have a plan. Kind of hopefully God. you Let's win. Have so a plan it's easier. and figure it out because the way it's going, that moment is going to get a lot of attention. Uh, good or bad, yep. and people are going to hijack the conversation. So you guys need to make sure that you're putting forth the right visual nationally, because I'm telling you, that's going to be a big story. What, oh yeah, what is what's Texas football going to mm-hmm. do when the eyes of Texas comes on? The, what are the black players are going to do. What do I? What Sam Ellinger are going to do? What's Tom Herman going to do? Everybody wants to know.
1: And to your point, right about hijacking the conversation, and I don't want to make it sound like I'm disparaging what this player posted on Twitter, but you take the Juwan Mitchell situation. Exactly. There are. We've seen plenty of his teammates come out on social media and say, "I've got your back." But Rod, you know, in a locker in a, in a, in a team where you have got a hundred plus guys, there are going to be some guys that are thinking probably shouldn't have put that out on Twitter. What the hell, man? Probably should have kept that in house. <laughs> yeah. It's just it's because because some guys are going to feel like hey. It's taking away from what we're trying to do, and I'm not saying yeah. Jawan Mitchell was wrong. I'm saying yeah. Rod, you've been in the locker everybody room. Everybody in the know- locker
2: room is not going to agree. Yeah. Exactly. Some people everybody are football in the locker going to agree. I know the history of the eyes of Texas, and I still was going to stand for the eyes of Texas. You can, if everything's not binary, that's the problem in this country. Everything's not binary. You can be a policeman and believe in Black Lives Matter. Like it's, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. A lot like of every, them out there every, do. Yeah, exactly. Like everybody believes everything is binary. People get, oh man, so Rod, you supported the players, so you're not going to stand for the eyes of Texas. And I was like, I've always. Stood for the eyes of Texas, and I've known the history of the eyes of Texas for like the last twenty years of my life. You know what I mean, I, I, so I, you know, what I'm saying, so I don't mm-hmm. really get what people are saying. No, I get. You can, I, I, I support Colin Kaepernick, uh, his cause against uh, racial injustice and police brutality. He's right on the money, and I still stood for the for the national anthem. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, well, you can, you can do both. So no. I, I think Texas should offer up that like no no we're we're family and people in families have different opinions about what they want to do but we still support each other. So I, I would either recommend taking a knee, the guys who don't want to stand for it take a knee, you know, in respect respectfully like Nate Boyer did, and then their teammates uh, support them the way Boyer supported Colin Kaepernick and there with their hand on their shoulders. Just mm-hmm. make, I, I support them. We're still all in this together, but everybody can have different approaches to how they are offended or not offended or what the eyes of Texas means to them. I would try to stay away from guys going into the locker room, honestly. That's what I, I think that's the know. one that looks it probably has the worst opt And talking right? about exactly if you're going to have a conversation that's going to get hijacked.
0: Wrong. But if you're talking about the conversation being hijacked to something else, and then yeah. it's just an image that you can see on SportsCenter with no sound of people walking out, and you're yeah. against your teammates That's the it's the, the same thing. That it's the total kneeling with, uh, and just how you brought it up with Kaepernick, and that whole situation was hijacked, and even certain other situations that we see. It, it Mike Gundy came down to. It wasn't about an OAN shirt. It was about <laughs> how he's been addicting around players that have felt different around him, mm. and somewhere else. Spoken. it's just that was the thing that then can become the topic and rich just another fabric that nobody even cares about it has nothing to do with the conversation necessarily it was just one thing that got the attention that then the other side in opposition becomes a clash point and it hijacks the whole conversation
1: yeah I, somebody uh, uh at horns 24 7 on the flagship message board i apologize poster i forgot who brought it up but somebody mentioned this and Matt, you from the fan perspective, and Rod, you as an alum slash player perspective, i to get y'all's thoughts on this. They basically said Chris Del Conte is in a no-win situation. Chris Del Conte is in a no-win situation. Case 22. Because yep. let's say he says, okay, we're not going to do away with the eyes. Well, then do do a group of student-athletes that already feel disenfranchised, do they feel further disenfranchised or feel like you're not supporting them? By the same token, like we talked about from what sources are saying, and Rod, you just putting kind of reading the tea leaves, if you do away with it,
2: how much of your donor base is gone and not coming back? Yep, it's dangerous. That's dangerous territory in in these unprecedented economic times.
1: Yeah, Great Depression. Anybody seen mm, the, like the price of oil lately? Right, That's yeah. what yeah.
2: I'm saying like yeah, exactly. State of Texas. So you, you know you can't really you know you you, you can't in my opinion if you're a CDC. You don't want to alienate either one. You can't alienate your your student athletes, which I think would fire them up even more to, you know, to, to go against the grain or to try to demand even more to counter again. Yeah, you know, I mean, and of course you can't lose your, you know, your donor base. So like I said, I I would find the middle ground. I would try to get the guys to stand for the eyes of Texas, or if they don't stand, then maybe kneel there. I think the worst case scenario is half or a third of the team goes into the locker room. That would be, that's just bad optics. It wouldn't look good. So I think you can handle it at home, and then maybe on the road you can figure out something. I would go with the two, two birds with one stone, man. They want a Julius Whittier memorial somehow in the stadium. Make it a part of the stadium. Mark all the seats in the Julius Whittier area or whatever it is. Put the band there. We do the Outs of Texas there. That's where we do the Outs of Texas to show our, our gratitude to a trailblazer and long overdue. So we want to show that equality is the future of Oz of Texas when bigotry may have been part of its origin.
0: Yeah, and I think that it's going to be really hard for CDC. Now, you're in the middle of the situation with the stadiums and all the funds is so huge of a deal, and dealing with the donors is there, but— when you look at it overall the one thing that's never going to change you have to have student athletes and if it ever gets to a point of choosing one or the other i know that there's going to be a lot of people that are willing to donate to texas down the road you can't just totally de- alienate yourself from your own players or the future. If you want to go by this facade of student-athletes now, if it's really going to get to the point to pay these players and we can treat them like pros and then these situations it's not necessarily the same conversation, then we can go a little bit further that other route when I mean, it becomes money-driven and that's all we care about and, and then you reward the players. But if it's still the student-athlete level, it's going to be hard to be able to side against the student athletes, especially if they're the loudest and probably in most people's opinions on a pretty decently right side.
1: Right. I, I, want, I want to bring this up. I had a conversation with a player, uh, after all this came out mm. and I was, you know, I was like, well, you know, how did guys, when you play feel about the song, he's like, we, he's like most of the guys knew what it meant and a lot of guys didn't like it. But you were kind of told, hey, stand for it because this is kind of what we do and and you're buying into the culture. And he said something interesting. He said, and he didn't give me his take one way or the other on whether he would stand for it or would stand for it, but he said, guys, the guys that have wanted to speak out about it for so long, I think they're, he said, I think they're the guys that are most proud of the guys for standing up and saying something about it now. And I say that to say this, Rod, student athletes of Texas have not, number one, had a louder voice, or two, had more leverage, Agreed. Than they've ever had
0: right now. Agreed. And it's awesome they're empowered to f- do such things too now, Because I mean, you're saying right there they were afraid to speak their own feelings at the time.
2: That's all student athletes, pretty much. There's been a there's a correction happening now, right, where the student athletes are being empowered. They've been exploited for so long. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think now you're just starting to see it with name, image, and likeness a little bit more yeah. power will come. The but reach. I think this movement of using your platform to Really hold your coaches accountable, hold the culture accountable. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, see what happened at Iowa, Um, and it's interesting the way it works out, right? Because you know, all those players came out at Iowa, forty different players, past and, and present, and they they criticized the strength and conditioning coach. You know, I think most notably, and a lot of them said, "No, Kirk Ferentz is a good, he's a good guy and a good coach. He just, you know, he just didn't see it. He didn't see a lot of the problems, and he had a lot of stuff going on." And I know you could say that Kirk Ferentz still should be fired as a result, but you know, it's interesting, you know, with, with Mike Gundy, not a lot of coaches, not a lot of players coming out having his back. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Dabo Sweeney had a, a similar issue, right? You had the mm-hmm. Football Matters t-shirt. Uh, a couple of players came out and said there were some slurs dropped at practice and Dabo Sweeney had in, in, in trying to tell people, tell players not to use, uh, not to play music with the N-word and it said the N-word, all those allegations. But there were also the other side of players like, whoa, 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 he's a good dude. He may be ignorant, but he ain't no racist. You know what I mean? Dabo Swinney's a good guy. He's just a good old guy, and he wasn't – it really wasn't on his radar. Now that it's on his radar, he'll be He'll be one of the trailblazers. He'll make change happen. And, you know, Drew Brees, that conversation happened with him too. So I think for – you know, you start – I don't know, you get deeper into the conversation. It's just so gray. It's so, everybody wants to make it black and white.
0: Yep, and when you brought up Ference though, and the explanation you used for Ference, it really, though, made me trigger in my mind everything that you said about him with, you know, he yeah. was a good guy, but some things around him, you know, should have said something, and it sounds like what happened with Paterno. Now, Paterno's case is different. It's something that's criminal, okay. and not, but whenever you... Enable those situations to where (laughs) you don't say stuff and you allow little mistreatment here, like say Iowa was, or you don't, uh, then you suppress thoughts. You don't, players don't feel comfortable talking out about these things. It can harbor an environment that can become very, very bad. And we've seen that at multiple small college towns, and it happens in college situations for that reason because there's a blind love for whatever the college has or it's a blind love and you look beyond your basic human things and saying like, wait, I should probably tell that guy not to call that kid that or to not do this to that thing. But if I don't do it, that's where the silence becomes complicit and that's where this young generation, just to tie it together, you know, talking about the athletes and the players having these platforms and that's literally – what happened with this younger generation, and when you see them banding together in the streets, it's not really one big movement. It's just a lot of people seeing the change and going out and doing it and understanding that with modern technology, you can tie something together that you didn't have the power or feel as if was possible, say, just a decade or two ago.
1: Rod, there's something you've always said in the past that I think might apply now more than ever. Um People can say something racial, something racial can happen without it being racist.
2: Yeah. There used to be a segment on Rod Show. Yep. Racial ha- or racist. Yep. Happens all the time, man. I mean, I, and I do think in this era, in the council culture that we live in, because that's that's where that's where that's where it's going. And it's about character, right? People want to know, are you just an a-hole or are you a bad person? That's the conversations we're starting to have, right? So you can be an A-hole. Nick Saban's an A-hole. Bill yeah. Belichick's an A-hole. Some of your best coaches are A-holes, right? Proud but ones. Remember with Urban Meyer? We are having the conversation about Urban Meyer. If you're covering up domestic abuse, maybe you're a bad person. If you're a bad person, then you don't need to be someone who is a leader of young people at that's, the college, Right? That's, level. Math, that's, that's the same vein of what I was talking about. That's the you difference I mean?
1: between Kirk Ferentz and Joe Paterno. Kirk Ferentz might just be... The, just, Blind, just, he might just yeah, be ignorant or something. Of a, yeah, just ignoramus. Man.
2: Joe Paterno's a bad guy. Joe, yeah. Joe Paterno's a horrible human being who's going, who should, who's burning in hell exactly. right now. And that's the conversation that we, I think, we're having about a lot of these coaches, right? So is Mike Gundy, Mike Gundy, a bad guy, or is he just an a-hole? If you're an a-hole, fine. I know a-holes. I'm related to them. It's all good. I know some. I'm, sometimes I'm probably an a-hole. Yeah. Some of my ex-girlfriends, like, Robbie, oh, God, he's such an a-hole. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, you can be an a-hole. It's a free society, and we love America, and that's part of what makes Personality America great. Trait. But if you're a bad person, if you have bad character, yep. all right, if you have that, then I, yeah, that's fine, too, but you don't need to be in charge of young people at this level right. and, that, and have that much power over developing the character of young people, because you're going to develop bad human beings. Yeah. And you're supposed to be planning to put out better citizens, better students, better athletes who are going to change the world for the for 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 a in a positive way. So that's the conversation we're trying to have, and it's tough because I know that's a very nuanced conversation, and we're trying to do it via social media receipts, right? Yep. Um, and players speaking out and that kind of stuff. So look at the Utah defensive coordinator yeah uh-huh. yeah. i mean that guy he had nobody to come out and vouch for him he just had people saying he dropped the inbound bomb and one guy was like he's pretty good but yeah he dropped the inbound. bomb he's a good guy he's a good coach though and i was like wow he's a good I coach mean, he's like he's a good coach but he dropped the inbound." bomb he's like well we don't need him out there dropping the inbound, bomb on guys and there were multiple incidents
1: mm-hmm. of him my, my alma mater is dealing with it right now danny cash with the basketball coach at texas state
0: yep yep you're right And and, and a lot of that, a
1: lot of people, a lot of some former players that have taken up for him, Rod, have kind of said the same thing you did. Like, I've seen some former players say, "Uh, Coach Casper, I don't think he's a racist. Uh, Did he get out of line at times? Absolutely. Did (laughs) he cross the line? Absolutely. But I don't think he's a racist. Yeah. Some guys have said that. Now, some guys have also backed up the point that they feel he is a racist. So that's a nuanced conversation for
2: another time. But yeah, I mean, that's... That's what we do. If you're a racist, you're a bad person. So, and you, and you know what, you're entitled to be a racist, but you shouldn't be a racist and also be head coach of a D one uh, program, a uh, sports program of any any sort. Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But at any level, honestly, but you don't need to be have that much power over young people. And I think that's the conversation people are trying to have. And coaches are being held accountable. Man, better get it right. And that's where,
0: like, I mean, even driving it today <laughs> was whenever I had heard, and I guess it had been a story since 1989, and Gundy denied it in I 1989. Know. I didn't
2: even know that story about Gundy.
0: Well, and right. that's it was even covered in the postgame interview to Gundy in 1989. So it's he's, not as if when people are like, "Oh, why didn't anybody bring it up 30 years ago?" They did. they did. They asked him in the postgame press conference, and if you're wondering who the guy is, I mean, Alfred Williams. Yeah, he's actually, yeah. but he's, accredited media member, got college a football show. hall. A famer, so it's not as if it's just some road the person. One. There
2: are actually four or five other players for Colorado who also alleged the same thing, but Mike Gundy denies it vehemently denies it, and no players for Oklahoma State they never said he said the in order, but I don't know if they would. Anyway, that's a lot of but smoke. that exactly, but that would a make smoke. that would actually add that he, maybe he's a bad person if that's the case. If it's been and if that's the case, then maybe he's got to go.
0: We'll
1: see. But you know, to bring it back to Texas, uh, you know. I think the difficult thing for people right now, Rod, is you. I, I think even people that don't maybe necessarily agree with some of the stuff the players are mm-hmm. asking for, yeah. uh, I think you applaud them for having a voice and standing up and and trying to be independent and trying to provoke change. My thing would be, you know, if you're on the the side of the fence that says don't do away with the eyes, don't cave, don't cave into these demands. Blah, 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 In other words, if you're just one of those people that's not going to hear the argument. Right. Exactly. And I, I, Rod, you have a talk show. I have a talk show. I have a website. You have Twitter. We all have social media. I think the majority of Texas fans fall into two categories. I think there's one category that says, you know what? Here's what it is. And if it's going to be this divisive, we should probably do away with it. Or I think that the, I think there's a group of people that fall where you do. I understand it. I get it. I see your point. But it means something different to everybody else, and this is what it means to me, which is why I would like to see us reach some sort of a compromise. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think everybody's on the, the... There aren't that many people on the opposite ends of the spectrum. The extremes. I think, I think everybody's... Most of the majority's falling in the middle. I think there... But there are people that say, no, you have to do away with it. It, it can't... You can't play it anymore. Yep. And I think there's people that at the other end of the spectrum that say, if you're if you're going to get rid of the eyes of Texas, I'm done. I'm throwing it all away. And to those people, I would say this. And I'm not saying this. I'm saying you should change your opinion. I'm not saying you should take a different view of it. I'm saying look at it from this perspective. And I'll give my colleague Chip Brown credit for getting me down this road to think about it like this. Because hmm. Chip brought this up when the Brendan Eagle stuff happened. you got to look at young black men in America, Rod, and this is a generation – you know, younger different than, you, than me, yeah. they've grown up most of their lives with a black president. It's true. That's number one. So they view things socially different mm-hmm. than generations before them viewed it. Mm-hmm. That's one aspect of that
2: it. That's true. That's big time.
1: The second aspect of it is the social media part of it. And this gets into the Juwan Mitchell thing and the Brennan Eagles thing and the Anthony mm-hmm. Cook thing. They haven't had and this is something Matt touched on earlier. They haven't had to adapt to social media. It's woven into the fabric of their lives since they first got acquainted with electronic communication. It's not like us where we had to learn how to use Twitter, learn how to use Facebook Facebook and what all this was about. They've grown up with it. It is very much who they are. And the third aspect of it is from Trayvon Martin and Tamir Rice and Philando Castile all the way to George Floyd, they have lived in an era of our country where you have had more people trying to come together on race relations and raising concerns and having a voice and speaking out on social issues right at a time probably that we haven't seen since the civil rights movement so if you i'm just saying just look at it from their point of view young black men in america have grown up in a much different america right, than you grew up in this is true that i grew up in or matt grew up in or anybody grew up in so i'm just saying if you if you're at that end of the spectrum where you say i don't get it Try to look through it the way they look at it, and maybe good point. you can agree. You can. You just might have to agree to disagree, and that's okay. We can we can disagree without being disagreeable, right? That's something you said a long time ago, and I I firmly believe that's a big problem. What's part of this country? At some point, we stopped learning how to disagree without just being disagreeable, yeah. Or you just can't. It's just you're talking to brick walls at that point. So again, I'm not saying that to change anybody's opinion. It's a good say. I like that though. I'm yeah. just saying. If your you're at that end of the spectrum, try yeah. to look at it. And if, and if you still don't agree, that's fine. I would just encourage somebody, just try to look at it from that point of view.
0: Yeah, and to add on to what you were saying about just the idea of posting in kids these days, because from about our generation older, everybody's like, okay, well, I agree with that, but why did he have to put it out there? And to articulate your point that you're saying was, to them, it isn't putting out there. Their whole lights have been thoughts that are just shared. So they don't view this as a secondary, oh, I'm going to really get my point across by posting it on social media. This is, no, I'm venting and getting my point across. And then if I have a platform, then it's definitely going to go and get across to people. But it's just something, it isn't an added thing in their minds Hey, I'm just being transparent. These are just my thoughts. I'm just telling you what I think. There's no added element where some, you'll read fans, it's like, well, he can believe that way, but why did he have to put it out there? And it's like, it's second nature to these kids. They just post their thoughts and Mm -hmm. are transparent with their feelings and talk about it, which is something that an older generation didn't do necessarily, which was talk about their feelings. I mean, it took, I remember my dad telling me how long growing (laughs) up and talking to his dad and guys didn't say they loved each other or hugged each other and all the... Those things and like how that sort of has changed over time, and it's the same thing with being transparent and articulating their feelings. And it's just another day in their life to them; it's no big deal.
1: I'll say this to get back to one of your points, Rod, and then I'll give you the last word if you want it. We say all that, but I think it goes back to something you said. If you're Jawan Mitchell or Anthony Cook or Brendan Eagles, if you're if you want to have those views. You're more than entitled to do that mm-hmm. or I shouldn't say views if you want that's how you want to use social media point, yeah. to get your point across in that matter manner more power to you, but you've got a hundred other guys to think about how that might reflect on them, in other words, if you're gonna do something, everybody in that locker room needs to be on the same page to say, "Hey, this is how we're gonna handle it." otherwise, the first sign of there. adversity once games start, yep. that's when teams fracture,
2: yeah. That's what you're, I mean. I think even Oklahoma State's probably worried about that right yeah. now. If certain guy, if, if you know, if the coach will be able to connect to that locker room, exactly and one of the best teams he's had in what a decade.
0: Yeah, it's. I mean, <laughs> that's where I at least feel good for where Tom Herman is with his locker room in context. Yes, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State no, is a legitimate Big Twelve title contender. No doubt about
2: it. Hell, uh, you, know, you might have the best wide receiver and the best running back in the nation on the same mm-hmm. damn team. Uh, <laughs> but no, no, to and that a I, damn good young quarterback and a damn good young quarterback who's really is really good. I will say this. I know it's a sensitive conversation, but I just think I'm a big fan of history. Uh, One of the big problems in this country and you sit with this movement is history in this country has been sanitized and whitewashed. We do get the Disney version of everything in this country. Other countries look at our, you know, our history education and they it's laughable because yeah. it's, it's, it's borderline fake news. They just like to leave out a lot of stuff and like a lot the of details. Talsa
0: massacre. Yeah, they don't
2: like want that. you to, yeah, about a lot of things, period. When we yeah. put Asians in intern, you know I mean, in term, and you know what, we, we, they, we do it so that we don't have to look in the mirror of ourselves as Americans as being bad or evil in nature. But the truth is there's a duality, right? There's a yin and a yang. There are some bad things that happened, but also uh, wonderful, amazing things. Uh, that happened in history, and you should teach both sides because those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. So you should be grateful to these young men and women who uh, lifted the veil of ignorance that you were under Mm -hmm. about the the song. And the truth is, we would not be talking about this or having any conversation if they hadn't mentioned the song. They could have listed every demand on there except that song. We'd have given it five minutes on this show. We'd have given it five minutes on my show, and we'd have moved on. We'd be like, good for these young black men. Yep. Uh, anyway, what's Jerry Jones doing? We'd have moved on. Nobody would have talked about it. And they'd have, they'd have done all those things and never would have gotten any meaningful conversation that would have affected real change. I'm talking about winning hearts and minds of young people, of kids who are in the same household as their parents and have to hear their parents have that conversation. So the next generation is better than the previous generation. That's what this is all about. So it, it, that, that conversation that households all around the country are having, at least Longhorn households, because of that issue, that is going to improve a a generation, all right? Because yep. some households they never had that awkward conversation, and then that kids don't go, well, Dad, what, what is it? Well, I love the eyes of Texas. What is it about? Well, son. Let's talk about it, you know, and boom, you have that awkward conversation and then that your, your son understands the history of it and then can make an informed, educated choice. And now that we're all informed and educated on it, now we can have a real conversation mm-hmm. because you, you don't have a constructive conversation when one side is ignorant and the other side is a little bit ignorant, too. You're having a destructive conversation now that we all know the facts. Now we can have a real conversation about it. So give these young men credit. Yes. Young men and women, by the way, student athletes, give them credit because it took a lot of courage to do it. I didn't do it when I was there. I was too selfish, short sighted, whatever. I didn't we didn't do it. So that's why we put out a statement. The ex-alumni to say, man, we just support you. You're brave and we don't want to hijack the message. We support them. And and, and half those people who sent that, we talked on that Zoom call. They all stand for the eyes of Texas. Quan Cosby stands for the eyes of Texas. You know, I mean, Brian Jones. Ryan Jones marched down South Congress back when he played yep. because of a racial incident on campus and still stands for the eyes of Texas. He knows the history of it. And everybody's not going to agree. My dad doesn't stand for national anthem. My brother doesn't either. But I do. You yep. know what I mean? And, but it's a different experience. Everybody's got a different experience. It means something. And I know what the national anthem means. And I know the third verse of it. And you should, too. I'm not going to get crass, but go look it up. If you listen to this podcast, you're like, what yeah. the hell's The third. go look it up. Third verse of your national anthem. Go look it up.
0: Do it. right in. Go look it right now. It'll be really
2: fascinating to you. By the way, it's still the third verse. Haven't gotten rid of it yet. All right. So my point is all these things just help us not to be ignorant to real history. Real history is fascinating, but it's also sad. You know what I mean? And if we'd have known real history, we wouldn't be putting up memorial statues to Confederate, you know, Confederate leaders on our college campuses to influence our young people. We don't want that. No side should want that. Exactly. But we did it. And it's st- hey, by the way, they've been standing there on the uh, on these campuses. There are bastions of education. We honor Confederate leaders. You know I mean there are enough great Americans of any color, shade, ethnicity that, that, that we could devote a building to rather than some racist bigot who earned a lot of money off the backs of black people? We're not more creative than that. Please. Spot Please. On.
0: And then you talk about. People say, well, what
2: about our forefathers? Different discussion. right? Different discussion to me. That's a different layer of discussion. Because to me, when you talk, talk about, oh, they own slaves too, I know they own slaves. I don't know how far back you want to go. All yeah. right? I get that. But those who fought against equality? Against America. To have fought against America? That's there. They're the team. And have a, and we, yeah, that's, it's like taking Do we agree England on that side. as Americans. It's <laughs> the
0: only country that's fought against America since. In- like, when you think about that at that time, it actually was the Confederacy yeah. taking on America on. and America. It would be like siding with the English or something prior to it. And you bringing up, you know, the young kids that get this conversation. Why, Daddy, are the eyes, you know, offending people? And it opens up the minds of that kid. And that kid going forward being enlightened th- thinks about those questions and exactly. thinks about those conversations and becomes the next generation. And when you said it right there about the Texas X's about what y'all did for these young players, it's exactly what Dave Chappelle said. He's like, I see this young generation y'all are driving and I'm in the backseat. I'm right. along for the ride. <laughs> I'm just a cheerleader. A- at exactly this point. what I thought when yep. I saw that you tweeted that out. He's like, yeah, y'all are along for the ride.
1: Yeah, this is interesting. And then, and, and you know, this is not just happening in Texas. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw Georgia's band is doing away with playing uh, Gone with the Wind music that they wow. play at the games. They're doing away with that. Hmm. Uh, and then Florida. That's a big change. Uh, this just came down. Florida is doing away with the uh, their Gator Bait chant at games. Uh, this is uh, University President Kent Fuchs. Uh, That's big. Said in What's a the about Gator well, chant? He said a statement, While I know no evidence of racism associated with our Gator cheer here at UF sporting events, There is horrific racist, uh, there is horrific historic racist imagery associated with the phrase. Uh, according to oh, University Athletics, slaves the were ga- gator bait? accordingly, uh, University Athletics and the Gator Band will discontinue use of the cheer. So, that's why we learned is it. that is that
2: was that supposed to be what the like is, like slaves were considered Gator bait or I something? Is that it. what it is? I can Google it. Right wow, there. see, that's what I'm saying. Like, listen, I don't want to Google I'm a black man, crimes. and there are some things I'm learning. There, there are plenty of black people who uh, were student athletes on that campus who I was on the Zoom call with, and they were like, I had no idea about the history of I was in Texas. I had no idea, didn't yep. know anything about it didn't know about it till I didn't know
0: until you brought it up to I think it might have been on this podcast during the Kaepernick stuff and people were mm -hmm, talking about the national anthem and you sent the question you're like well does people know about the eyes and I remember we had a conversation because I even learned about the anthem from Craig Way talking Hmm. about Francis Scott Key and those situations and everything with him so it's like yeah unless you're like in a very niched area of say sports radio or history not many people know a lot of these roots but just like you said This is a conversation to be had and
2: we can learn. Yeah, agreed. We can learn. All right. That's a good way
1: to end it. Matt, thanks for everything, man. You're more than welcome. Rob, we appreciate the time and the
2: knowledge. Anytime, brother. Anytime.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive
1: Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match
0: limited by state law.
1: For Matt, for Rod, for everybody at the Austin Radio Network and the Horn, 104.9, 1019 AM, 1260, streaming on the Horn app and hornfm.com, where you can get Rod B each and every weekday from 3 to 7 on that triple option afternoon show. Shane, his plug. You can also get myself and Craig Way each and every weekday from 10 to noon. And thanks to Matt, you get all of our archives, classic interviews, and shows, all of it on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz. And don't forget to find this podcast anywhere you get your podcast: Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. Just search Horns 24-7 Podcasts. You get us, the flagship, and state of recruiting just by searching Horns 24-7 Podcasts. And don't forget to like us and leave us a review. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com.